Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. The Lord Jesus makes it very clear where he thought his blessings would come from. Even though he knew God, he still was looking at the rich man's table. And you will fail in life. I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how many churches you attend. You will fail in life if Jesus is not your source. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Praise the Lord. We're going to go right back into John, the 15th chapter. Been there for quite a while. And it's not only here on Sundays. I'm there all week long. John, the 15th chapter. Lord continues to deal with us, continues to deal with us about John 15. There is something that we're going to have to glean from John 15. Now, let me tell you this as we get started today. When you're talking about understanding the Word of God and appropriating the Word of God, please remember this fact. Anything that you understand cannot be taken from you. Anything that you understand cannot be taken from you. Remember the Lord talked about uh, as he was a sower, or he is a sower, and uh, he's sowing his word. He's giving his word out, and his word falls into uh, the soil, the rich soil of our hearts. And you can produce some 30, 60, some 100-fold, right? We know that there are uh, parts of, there are some individuals that will not produce fruit, whether uh, they're receive the seed on the wayside or in stony places, or maybe the heart is full of thorns. Needs work to, uh, to cultivate that ground. But those that bring forth fruit will bring it forth 30, 60, 100 fold. And those that will actually bring forth the manifestation of the word of God are those who understand it. Now, your understanding can be in three layers, either 30 fold, or 60-fold, or 100-fold. 100-fold layers of understanding. 100-fold will, will mean that you will manifest what you're seeing. That's the era, or that's the time, or the place of manifestation. Full manifestation, you are really walking in it. Now, it is possible to continue to come to church. It is possible to, uh, to be a Christian and not manifest the Word of God in your life. That is possible, and it is done every day. But it is God's desire for you to live that life of, the, of having 100-fold understanding. That is, you're meditating in the Word of God, and you're going to meditate on that Word. You're going you're gonna, to uh, meditate that Word just like a, a cow chews the cud. I mean, it, it ruminates on that Word. You're meditating on that Word until you receive a rich understanding. Understanding is key. Not just having knowledge. You can know the word. You can have knowledge of the word or be familiar with the word and have no manifestation of it. You realize that? You can go to church all of your life and hear thousands upon thousands of sermons, but still have no understanding and still see no manifestation. Manifestation comes by meditating on the word of God. Meditate on, meditating on the Word of God. I was talking with uh, Minister Ken this weekend in Shekinah on, uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, they were saying, man, you got so much to do. How in the world do you, how in the world, world do you have time really to get into that Word? And I meditated on that. I thought about that. Lord, how in the world do I? 
He let me know, uh, you don't stop. It is a continual conversation. I'm always in the Word of God. Something is always going through my spirit, always ruminating on the Word of God. It's always on my mind. So when I have to sit down and either type some notes out or make um, um, a physical note of it, it's easy. It just flows right out because it's been on my mind all the time. I live in that. I live in that. And so what I tell you to do, what we preach about on Sundays, Wednesdays, or whenever we do, is something that the Lord's been dealing with me and continues to deal with me on a daily basis. But one thing he's telling me, again, is that you're going to have to strive for understanding. Strive for understanding. 30, 60, 100-fold understanding. When you have a 100-fold understanding, that's when you're going to manifest, you're going to see the manifestation of the Word of God. So not just hearing it. You're going to have to understand it. When you understand it, the enemy can't take that away. When you can understand the Word of God. Get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. You must strive to understand the Word of God. And how are you going to understand the Word of God? You're going to understand that Word by meditating in the Word of God. Taking it down word by word, verse by verse. What are you saying to me, Lord? Asking him, what are you saying to me, Lord? What are you saying to me here? What are you saying to me there? And by doing this, sooner or later, the Lord willing, you will understand the entire scripture, the entire Bible, if that's what the Lord wants. Now, there'll be sometimes some chapters or some books of the Bible you will just read, and the Holy Spirit will draw on that wisdom from time to time. But then there are others he will cause you to park in these particular verses. And those verses are what is, these verses are the, the words that he will have in you. And he will pull from those verses, and you'll see the manifestation of that in your life. Remember, the Lord said that he will remind you of things that he's spoken to you. Now, we're going to get into John 15. Well, let me tell you some other things that are on my heart at this moment, at the Lord, as the Lord brings it up to, you, to me. Now, we've, um, you've heard about the case of Lazarus. I believe Lazarus, um, maybe Luke 24 or so. But Lazarus and the, the rich man, the Lord Jesus tells the, tells the account. Now, I want to go here with you just for a moment. The Lord Jesus tells the account of how Lazarus, you know, um, was, the, was a poor man. His body was covered in sores, and he was laid daily, I believe, at the rich man's gate, right? And he desired the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Every day, the, the rich man fared sumptuously. I mean, he had plenty to eat. He, he dined. He, he lived in, in purple. So he was very well off, had lots of food, and so forth and so on. But Lazarus, again, his body full of sores possibly uh, due to leprosy, and he was laid at the rich man's gate, again, desiring the crumbs. Just give me a little piece of what comes from your table, just a little bit of what comes from your table. And we know that they both uh, died. Abraham, uh, Lazarus was taken to um, uh, that part of paradise called um, Abraham's bosom, that, that small compartment in hell, which, of course, does not exist anymore. Uh, and then... Uh, we know the rich man went into hell, right? All right. Rich man was buried. Lazarus was taken up by the angels and, of course, deposited there in Abraham's bosom. Now, you may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for standing. The thing I want you to see this, and this is what the Lord really just sharked, I mean, really just sparked in my spirit, really sparked in my spirit. Lazarus knew the Lord. 
How do we know that? Well, he, after he died, he went into Abraham's bosom, the place where the righteous died before Christ. That's where the, that dwelling place, Lazarus knew the Lord. He had a relationship with God. Yet and still, he lived in poverty. He knew God. The angels gathered him and carried him where he was supposed to go. Yet and still, he was begging for crumbs. How is it possible for you to know God, beg for crumbs, live in poverty? How is it possible? I'm glad you asked. Because you look at man to supply your needs and not God. He begged for the rich man to help him. The Lord Jesus makes it very clear where he thought his blessings would come from. Even though he knew God, he still was looking at the rich man's table. And you will fail in life. I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how many churches you attend. You will fail in life if Jesus is not your source. He wanted what came from the man. The man. Whether the man is your social security, whether the man is your job, the man. The man became his idol. And he had a relationship with the Lord. Now, there are many other people in Scripture that had leprosy and got up from their condition. There are four leprous men there sitting at the gate of the, of the city. And they said, why sit we here and die? Let's go. Let's get up. Let's get up. If God saves us, then we'll be saved. And there were other leprous men that saw Jesus as Jesus was traveling down the road. And they cried out, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on us. Well, they said, Jesus, he said, well, hey, Lord, we want to be healed from leprosy. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And they were healed. Naaman, also a leprous man, was healed by just simply hearing the voice of God, hearing what God said, go dip in the, in the, in the muddy river of Jordan. So there are other people that have the same condition, but this man, Jesus identifies him. Look at this man. This man, you can live your life with no manifestation because you make men your idol. You get angry at folk. Why won't they give me my money? Why won't they give me my promotion? Why won't they give me this new job? Why she won't do this and, and why he won't do that? And why he, you're looking at folk to handle your needs and not God. As long as your happiness can be found in a person, you're going to be like this man, Lazarus. Only Jesus can complete you. Only he is your source and your sole solution. When you see him as your true shepherd and you shall not want, that's the day you won't want. When you see him as your provision, him as your provider, you got to see him. But that thing is so sneaky. Because you can see the rich man's food on his table. You can see the crumbs. You can see that. And it's easier to have faith in stuff that you can see. But if Lazarus just turn around and you would find a vast world of opportunity, I don't have to sit at this gate and look for crumbs. 
I'm not going to be bound by some man, by some loan or whatever else. I will do what the Lord wants me to do. I will see him as my sole source and supply. That goes for every area of life. Every area of life. Let me tell you a short testimony. Even when I was a, uh, a minister, still a minister, even when I was just starting out in ministry, my gifts were not recognized then to a, such a degree. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't just sit, on, sit in the pews and wait for my pastor to, to notice me and then do something with me. I realized that I had a responsibility. So what did I do? I started going to nursing homes. And I asked them, I said, can I, can I teach Bible study here? They said, yes. I started going to nursing homes, hallelujah. Got a good taste. Me and the old folk got to have a good time in the word of God, hallelujah. Anytime I could get an opportunity to preach the word in the break room, I did in the break room. And my wife and I we sponsored our own radio broadcast called Kingdom Rock Radio. Hallelujah. Way back in the day. We paid for it with our own money. Hallelujah. Teaching at the food bank. That's right. Thank you, mother-in-law. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord opened doors. I saw an opportunity. And when I hear about the, I hear about churches. I mean, true story, churches where there are a lot of ministers on the on on the platform. And they're waiting, just sitting there every week, waiting on either the pastor to die or to retire. And then they can finally get up and preach. What kind of mess is that? In this day and time of cell phones, you can get your cell phone and preach right there. You can get the word of God out. But I tell you what it is. They want to showboat. They want to show. They want the applause of men. I'd rather have the applause of God saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't have to depend on nobody. I can go straight to the Lord and he'll lead me and tell me what I need to do. I'm not going to be sitting here looking for crumbs. As soon as you help me, then I'll have something. What kind of mess is that? What kind of mess is that? Why are you waiting on folk? God bless folk. Hallelujah. Thank God there's some good folk. But folk are folk. And sometimes folk have good days. Sometimes folk have bad days. But nobody holds my blessing but God. Are you hearing I just had to share that with you. I just had to share that with you. Don't let people bind you. Don't bind yourself. It's not their fault. Folk are folk. Are you hearing me? Folk are folk. Folk are folk. They're going to do. Everybody's going to do what they think is right. But none of them hold my blessing. Promotion does not come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. The Lord sets one up. He sets one up. Don't wait for people to tell you. Why are you waiting on somebody to tell you? You think you can sing? Well, then grab your phone and sing. Don't let nobody stop you. <sighs> are you hearing what we're saying? Don't let that mean. If you're always depending on somebody to make you happy, you're never going to be happy. Okay, okay, well. 
Your happiness is not someone else's responsibility. Your happiness is nobody's responsibility. It's you and God. I thank God for Jerry, but not a woman is going to complete me. You know, Mr. McGuire. And don't let it, don't think a man's going to complete you either. Only Jesus can complete you. When you have that completion, then you'll have, then you'll have an appreciation for your spouse. Because I'm complete in Christ, I have, a, I have a deep appreciation for my wife of almost 30 years now. A deep appreciation for her. Because I know him, he completes me. If you're always expecting for someone else to complete you, for someone else to make you happy, you're never going to be. Because man was not designed to do that. Can't do it. It's never going to happen. It can't happen. Even, from, even by the best of us, the most well-intentioned of us, we cannot give each other what only Jesus can give you. You're going to fail miserably. Fail miserably. Can't be done. We were designed to worship God and God alone. Because of that, only he can fill that spot in us. Flesh can't do it. We cannot be satisfied by flesh. It won't happen. Sooner or later, they're going to do something that's going to make you upset. Sooner or later, they're going to offend you in some kind of way. Sooner or later, there's going to be an odor that comes from them. Whew, did you have too many beans? <laughs> Sooner or later, there's going to be something. Because people cannot fulfill that place. People cannot take God's place. I'll tell you another thing to do about the rich man and Lazarus. There's a spirit of entitlement there, too. Because you got it, you think you ought to, I'm, you're supposed to give it to me because I got it, I'm supposed to give it to you. And if I don't give it to you, then that means that God hates me. I don't have it, so you got it, so you got to give it to me. Who told you that? Spirit of entitlement, I know you don't understand that. But it is the truth. Let's use it all. There's a spirit of entitlement in this country. A spirit of entitlement. You got to go to work. That's scripture. That does not always mean nine to five. But that does mean that you do what God calls you to do. If that's in art, like my son, if that's in artwork, he's producing, you produce, you have to be productive. You have to be productive. No matter what your age, you have to be productive. This life is like a vapor. It is here one minute and it is gone the next. And I don't want to stand in the presence of God Almighty and say, Lord, I would have done this, but they didn't do this. 
if he had just done this, if she had just done that, if my boss had just done this, if the government had just done that, if this and that, I don't want to be, oh no, I will not stand in the presence of God Almighty and point my finger at other people and say that if they had done this and if they had done that, then I would have been a better person. No, away with that mess. I don't care who I got to whatever, I will do what God called me to do. If I have to go by myself, then I will go by myself. If I have to fund it myself, raise my own money, I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that I fulfill God's calling in my life. Don't leave your destiny up to a person. God bless people. God bless people. And, that, and if needful, at a certain time, God will send you an Eve. Somebody to complete you. Now, Eve may not always be a, a, a woman. It may be a person that God has called to your side to be a partner with you to help you produce. Help you produce in ministry. Help you to produce in life. Not always physical children, but help you to produce the product that God has in you. Help you to get it out. It could be one Eve or several Eves, or it could be a whole group of people that God calls, along, calls alongside of you to help you. But you got to do your work first. You have to start. 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 Don't see your work as small. You got to start where you are. You got to start. And listen, when you start on your journey, you're going to hear the devil talk to you. You're going to hear him tell you that, oh, this is not going to work. Nobody's going to like this. Nobody's going to appreciate this. You don't really have any talent. You don't really have any skills. You don't really have anything to say. But I tell you, say it anyway. Do it anyway. Go anyway. You hear those voices because the devil knows that you do have a gift. He knows you do have an anointing. That's why you're hearing it, to try to stop you from doing that thing that God has called you to do. But you've got to man up, woman up. You've got to get up and stand in the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God and do the work. We need to stop worrying about if somebody like it. Why we got to where somebody got to like it? I'm not doing it that they like it. I'm not doing that they like me. I'm doing it because he called me to do it. And if I don't do it, God help me. Are we so concerned about somebody liking this? Maybe it's not for them. Are you hearing? Let's stop all this mess. Let's stop all this mess. I tell you another thing. Let's keep going here too, Lord. Let's keep going here too. Why are we worrying about titles? We keep thinking that the true measure of a person and of their worth and value is if they got money. Is if they have a nice house, and if they have a nice car, is if they have a big church, if they have a big following, that must mean that God is with them. Away with that mess. Porn stars got that. Does that mean I got to follow a porn star? They got a lot of all of that stuff. The true measure of a person is how much Jesus that they're walking in. Can I see Jesus in you? Can I see God in you? Is the anointing of the Spirit of God flowing out of your life? Are yokes being broken? Are burdens being removed? Are captives being set free? Can I see Jesus? That's what the Greeks came to say. We would see, we would see Jesus, sir. We would see Jesus. Yes, come on and see Jesus. 
It's not about all this stuff. How many, how big the building, how much money and all that kind of stuff. How pretty, how handsome. Get out of the flesh. Get out of the flesh. Get out of the flesh. You're living in the last days. Living in the last days. A lot of this has just been flat out mess. Flat out mess. I'm so tired of titles. I'm so tired of them. I realize that sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes it is needful. Praise the Lord. If I'm going to the hospital, I would like to find somebody whose name is doctor. It is necessary. I would like to know it. I thank God your name is Bob, but are you the doctor? I'm cutting. I need surgery. Sometimes titles are needful, are necessary. But don't lay yourself, lay, lay down on titles, thinking that your title is going to puff you up and that you're somebody because you got some letters. Oh, dear Jesus. Be free today. Be free today. Don't try to be like anybody else. Nobody can beat you at being you. And be comfortable at being who God made you to be. The best days of my life when I finally understood I don't have to preach like Jake's I don't have to preach like Bronner. I don't have to preach like Jesse Duplantis or whoever else. I can be me. Yeah. And if you like it, great. If you don't, fine with me too. If not, you're going to continue to try to change to please everybody. I'm trying, change, trying to please. Maybe I need to preach like this. Maybe I need to preach like this. Maybe they do this. Maybe they do that. Then maybe they like me away with that mess. Got to be true. It's too hard trying to be like somebody else. Be comfortable with being you and appreciate who God made you to be. Don't you know you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Your highest and greatest anointing is when God uses you to be you. Your highest and greatest. He made you individually for a purpose. You have different fingerprints than anybody else for a purpose. Your smell is different from anybody else. That's why when them attack dogs or, or those hound dogs they go out and try to track folk, they get their scent because everybody got a different scent. He made you unique. An individual to be you. And then we spend all of our days trying to be like somebody else. Why in the world? I'm sure heaven goes, what is wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Don't they know who they are? You have your own light, your own skills, your own talents. Don't spend your entire day trying to be like somebody else, trying to hide it. Take a moment, take a deep breath, close your eyes, hug yourself, realize that God gave you you. I am who he made me to be, and every day he's making me better. 
I'm excited to be me. You got to stop cursing you. Stop cursing you. Stop cursing the way you look. Stop cursing what you drive. Stop cursing your job. Stop cursing your life. Stop cursing it. God is steadily blessing and you're steadily cursing and wonder why we can't get no way in life. It's time to agree with God. We got to agree with him. You can't live like that anymore. You can't keep taking yourself through that anymore. You can't do that to yourself and you can't let other people undervalue you. You can't do that anymore. But that first starts with you. Their taunting words matter to you because you say the same thing to yourself. But when you see yourself as great, as mighty, I am mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. I am mighty in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm in him. I'm abiding in Christ, and Christ is abiding in me. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. You must be someone special for God to send his only begotten son to hang up on the cross, to die a horrible death, to go into hell for you. I love y'all, but I ain't going to hell for nobody. But Jesus went into hell for you, rose from the dead for you and as you. And then we spend the rest of our days. I hate my life. When Jesus died to give you that life. So let's rebuke the devil. Let's rebuke him. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be upset all the days of our lives. That's not you. That's not you. You don't have to be mad all the time. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to let all these negative emotions rule over your life. That's not you. You are a child of the Most High God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And you ought to say, I'll be doggone if I'm going to exemplify the character of the devil. We're all going to have some bad days, but that should be the exception and not the rule. Are you hearing? We'll get John 15. (laughs) Let me share with you two verses and then we're going to close out. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to be comfortable in your skin. Tell somebody else. You're going to have to be comfortable in your skin. It's time. It's time. Not telling you to worship yourself. Not telling you to be narcissistic. This is a narcissistic generation. Never has there been a time that everybody has so many pictures of themselves. 
we love ourselves. I'm not telling you it's bad to take a picture. Take your picture. But don't worship yourself. Because you will not always look like the person in the picture. You realize you're changing every day. You realize that beauty fades. Hair that's black turns gray after a while. Or leaves. On both sides of the room, we can see that. <laughs> you are wonderful, but you are not God. At the root of pride, at the root of worry, is one word fear itself. If we find ourselves always looking down on others, suspicious of them, if we find ourselves always concerned about what they think and, and how they're going to think, and self is at the root of all that. We're looking at us and not at him. Let's look away from us and look at him. Realize your worth and value in him. Not apart from him. Apart from him, we don't have worth and value. But in him, boy, you are limitless. Let's go to John 15. We're going to close out here. <clears throat> John 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. I want to tell you more about that some other time. Verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4 and 5, we'll stay here for a moment. Abide in me, and I in you. Say with me, abide in me, and I in you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Look at the mentality the Lord's bringing. You can't do this without me. You can't do this without me. Why is he saying that over and over and over again? Because there's a tendency in man to be self-reliant, to rely on my own thoughts. I got it. I know what to do. I know what's best for me. He said, he keeps saying over and over again, you can't do it without me. Acknowledge the Lord in every part of your life. That's a part of abiding in him, acknowledging him, obeying him, trusting in his wisdom, trusting in him, abiding in him. Notice he said again, verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Look at verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth, what? 
much fruit. For without me, once again, ye can do nothing. He brings it again because the tendency is to go off and do our own thing. The tendency is to think our own thoughts. The tendency is, I got it, Lord. I can do this, Lord. And we may not say it physically. We may not say it out of our mouths, but our lives will begin to say it when we focus in on us and not on him. Look at one more verse number six. Verse six says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Look at that again. If a man abide not in me. Now notice the thing that Jesus has been saying over and over again. He keeps talking about abiding in him. He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Verse 6, you don't see the other half of that. Verse 6 says, if a man abide not in me. So the assumption is that possibly that his word is in this person. Possibly this person has given Jesus a space in them. But that's not in question. It's not enough for you to receive from Jesus. Jesus has to receive you. It's not enough for you to say, Jesus, I make you a home in my life. But does Jesus have you? Does he have you? And that's the thing. That's, the, that's where many of us fail. We'll, we'll receive from the Lord all day. Yeah, you got another blessing from me, Lord? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, let me hear it. Woo, your word show make me feel good, Lord. Woo. You want me to give you what? Me? That's a problem. He said, if a man, if, if a man abide not in me, what happens? He is cast forth as a branch. The word cast there means to throw away without any care of where it lands. Just don't care about where it lands. That's the value. He said, you didn't give your whole self over to me in trust and obedience. He said, if a man abide not in me, abide means to stay, to live, to dwell. In other words, you haven't made a home in Jesus. You, you may visit him every once in a while. But you don't have a space in him, not because Jesus hadn't given you a space, but because you don't have one there because you don't want one there. He says, if a man abide not in me, he is what? Cast forth as a branch and is withered. He dries up. And what happens after that? And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. We're going to stop there. If the two things are not in place in your life, hear this, hear this, hear this, if you've heard nothing else. Jesus abiding in you, that is his word abiding in you, you meditating in his word, you, you're living in him, you're living in him. You have a home in him. He's not a hotel for you. He's not a and v for you. You're living in him. All your stuff is there. Your toothbrush is there. That's where you live. That's your house. Jesus is my house. He's where I go to rest. He's where I go to be refreshed. He's where I go to be renewed. I live in him. And his word lives in you. You don't have a B&B for Jesus. You don't have a hotel room for Jesus. He lives there in you. Those two must be there together. 
You're living in Jesus and you're allowing Jesus to have space in you. He said, if you don't, if you don't allow, if you don't live in him, he said, if a, if a man abide not in me, if you don't live in him, then you become subject to men. A branch that was once high up on a tree, high up on the vine, away from the ground, then falls off of the vine and then, and then is subject to men. And men gather them and burn them. They become subject to man's fire. Fire is consuming. They will be consumed by man in other things like maybe pride or, or lust or greed. They will be consumed. You were meant to be well above that. But because you never allowed Jesus, because this person never allowed Jesus to abide in them, have a home in them, they became subject to man. And men gather them and burn them, cast them away of no use. We have use when the Lord has a place in us and we have a place in him and that continual relationship keeps going and going and going. Remember, we are like this vine. Y'all see this vine? Yeah. <laughs> Online community, they're seeing this by faith, but you are seeing it right now. We are this vine. Well, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and the fruit grows on, the grapes grow on the branches. Right? It grows on us. See, now they're getting hungry online, community. They're getting hungry. Looking at all these grapes, they're getting mighty hungry. And these are some big grapes, too. Anyway, just remember, we must continue to abide in him. And it is your right as a vine, rather as a branch, to pull on the vine at any time. When Tamara gave her testimony of how she said, Lord, I need you. I need you now. She was pulling on the vine. Amen. Pulling from the vine. All the resources that you need are within the vine. And you are authorized. God actually expects you to pull from him. He expects you to pull from him, and he expects that nutrients to stay within you. If you are abiding in the vine, you got your hand all down in that vine, you're pulling from it, and you're allowing what's come up, come up, coming up from the vine to get in you and remain in you, it's going to produce fruit. And that fruit is going to be love, joy, peace. It's going to be answered prayers. It's going to be anointing. It's going to be grace. It's going to be everything that you need. But make sure you keep those two things together. Abide in him and allow him to abide in you. Stop looking at you. Look more at him. Because when you can't, I guarantee you, he can. Glory to God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, you've said so much. And I believe today, Lord, we've spoken by your spirit. So, Father, I pray today that, that you will let your word just resound on the inside of our hearts. And when we leave out of this place, we'll be better, higher, and more encouraged in the things that you've created us to be and to do. And, Father, we rebuke every word curse spoken against us. And 
And Lord, we cast down every word curse that we've spoken against ourselves. Father, we repent in Jesus' name for cursing our own lives, cursing our relationships, cursing our finances, cursing our, our jobs or, or our careers. Lord, we've cursed so many things. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. And by the power of the blood of Jesus, wash those sins away. And Lord, starting from here, we speak life. We speak by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So we call our relationships wonderful now. We call them blessed. We call our finances blessed. We call our health blessed. We declare that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that strengthens us, instead of we can't. Father, today we pray that we will hear from your spirit and always be obedient to your call. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And those of you that are joining us online, go ahead and give the Lord a hand of praise. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those of you that are joining us online, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, I don't know what you're waiting on. There's a whole nother life that is available to you that is right there at your fingertips. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. To be saved, the Bible is very clear. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and the Bible says that he would save you. He says you have to repent of your sins and believe the gospel. It's all about Jesus. So I pray today that you will invite Jesus in. Make him your Lord and Savior. I pray today that you'll have a home in him and that he will have a home in you. And when you do that, realize that he loves you and he will in no wise cast you out. So I can help you start on your journey with a short prayer. Just pray with me. The prayer is not going to save you, but your faith in Jesus will. So let's pray together. And let's just say, Father, I come to you as a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in Jesus, in his death, in his burial, and resurrection. I believe that Jesus is alive even at this very moment. I repent of my sins. I turn from them and I turn to you and I call you my Lord, my master, and my king. Now, come in my heart, live in me, make me yours, and I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now, fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. I thank you for receiving me, Father. From this moment forth, I am yours. You are mine. You are my God, and I am your people. You are my shepherd. I am your sheep. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're rejoicing about the decision that you just made. All right, let us know. Go to our website at kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button and let us know of the decision that you've made today so we can be praying with you. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you. 
and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.